Hello. Hello, Heron. Well, let's see how this works. Yeah, I think the distinction between Skype and TalkShoe is that Skype has a it's floating... It's TeamSpeak, not talk. Sorry. Different, yeah. TeamSpeak, yeah. It has the same initials. Anyway, yeah. it has... Uh, Skype has a floating volume, which TeamSpeak doesn't appear to have. So my suspicion is... I went actually back, because I got not only feedback from you, but feedback from another listener. Yeah. The audio last recording was fine. And I went back and listened to it, and I every time I indicate that there's an audio problem, you can actually hear it in the audio. Like, I went back and made sure. So, sensitivity of some versus sensitivity of others. But I think the actual issue that we were hitting was just that your volume control wasn't as granular as whatever it is on Skype. Well, w- whatever. If it doesn't work for you, then it doesn't work. <laughs> you know? I mean, it, I don't care. Very good. Very good. So, we... Before, when we were being recorded earlier, I inquired about your general health, and you, you're mm. feeling better. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this is, you know, things are complex. Physically, I'm fine, you mm. know, but it shook me up. You yeah. know, I mean, uh, I had this under control for a couple of years and and really hadn't realized that I was drifting off of my uh, regimen, you mm. know, and it caught up with me, and it was the worst one I'd had. Mm. Before, it was like one day, you know, going out and eating a whole bunch of greasy shit. And that night, <laughs> I was in the emergency room, you yes. know. Uh, but – and it, it, that happened like two times, I think, until I finally figured it out. And then this time, I, I just sort of gradually introduced some things that if I do once a month aren't mm. a problem. But if I start doing them regularly – uh, I pay the price for it. Right. <laughs> so that's what I discovered. Yeah. And this, so this took me a lot longer to get over. Usually it's over in about four or five hours. I mean, anyway, there's, there comes a moment when, when I, I just sort of wake up from it and go, ah, that's over. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and that's it. You know, this time I knew it was over, but I, I knew I also was not a hundred percent. You know, it's funny and, actually because I got listener feedback. I mean, our mm. listeners are so sensitive to our conversations, Heron, mm. that one of our listeners actually predicted that there was something wrong with you. I'm not sure whether they did it on in the, I guess I published it the next day. Yeah. So they contacted me and I can't recall who it was actually. But they contacted me and I asked. It would be if, interesting to, yeah, follow up with yeah. this. Uh, invite them to, uh, <laughs> because I, I don't, I didn't become aware of a problem until, uh, you know, probably after midnight. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, as far as I knew, everything was just going along swell. Yes. <laughs> yes. Surprise, surprise. Yes. Well, anyway, a number of listeners are friends with you directly on Facebook. So the news traveled quickly amongst the listeners that yeah, something yeah. was awry. Yeah, well, it was an interesting experience. Again, I thought I had that under control, and I realize now, you know, it just I I, I can once in a while eat that kind of shit, but mm. I can't do it regularly. And it's specifically you know, greasy food. It's greasy stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, Aaron, too we- bad, boy, because <laughs> I really like greasy stuff. Yes. Man. Is it is it a particular like? I mean, I'm assuming olive oil should be okay, right? It's a particular kind of grease. Yeah, you know, it seems that, that most of what it has to do with, for me anyway, is Mexican food. Mmm, gosh. You know, which is really sad. Yeah. <laughs> but again, you know, I mean, if, if I look at being alive in the universe and, um, <laughs> you know, and all that, or being able to eat Mexican food and die, mm. <laughs> 
you know, uh, you know, I, I can live without that. And the thing is, I think I can do that once in a while. That's the thing is that I just sort of got out of the habit. Yeah. Started eating them daily. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, once a month, I think I can probably handle stuff like that. Yeah. I've been doing that with pizza. Yeah. You know? So, you know, I think I can... I mean, and the alternative is to go just have the gallbladder removed. That's what the doctors keep telling me to do. But, mm. I mean, if, you know, that's if I can really control it with diet, which it appears I can, yes. <laughs> then why the fuck would I have somebody cut me open? Yes, yes. I take my blood pressure twice a day. Uh -huh, and I'm yeah. at the lowest blood pressure that I can ever remember currently. Which is? Uh, I don't need to recite my medical details on a podcast, but it's considerably lower. I mean, it's almost half what it was previously. Okay, because my lowest I mm -hmm. think I've gotten to is right around 100 over, you know, or maybe let, maybe even under 100 down to, you know, say, say 95 over 60 or something like that. Yeah, that's my wife's typically, and I'm not quite at my wife's yet, but I'm certainly like far lower than in living memory. Yeah, so, yeah. I yeah. started off really high in that. Are you taking medication for mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It really yeah. works great. It's well, awesome. Well, the first stuff didn't. The second stuff appears to be working a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been lucky, I guess, since the beginning. The very first stuff they gave me has, has worked great, you mm. know. As my spiritual advisor pointed out, I was quite hopeful that the second stuff they gave me was the same stuff that Conocytes Bowen took after he had his heart surgery. Unfortunately, it isn't. So the dramatic weight loss that I was hoping for did not occur, but the blood pressure is down to... Well, that's, that's quite nice. Yes, congratulations. <laughs> so we have been asked specifically, I mean, we were going to talk about it anyway, but we were asked specifically by Lorenzo Haggerty in the Psychedelic Salon, longtime fan of Lorenzo's work, to discuss the, what I'm calling the cannabis commercialization measure, Prop <laughs> 64 in California. Yeah. And it's interesting, actually, because I had my own impression of it, particularly with regards to what went on in Washington State recently. And specifically, <laughs> what happened in Washington State was they effectively removed the medical cannabis provisions. They closed all the medical yeah. dispensaries. And they have this crazy thing which is supposed to be, I don't let me just describe it, where four people can get together and buy clone plants and grow them in a medical collective, but the whole nature of, like, seeds or potentially changing well, why these even things. bother with any of that shit i mean who, who needs it if, if it's legal then fuck that well because yeah. of the cost <laughs> well whatever you know again that's all caterpillar politics bullshit what else would you expect from this system i've looked at the original proposition proposition 215 here as being a curious mechanism but in terms of simplicity and yeah. in terms of what it attempts to guarantee, although the legislature in California have already tried to change this by you know, <laughs> passing various things, it's all very curious. But what specifically happened in Washington State was that they had this ability where the legislature could change the law, whether or not it's constitutional, what have you, they did it. And clearly the folks that were doing the commercial cannabis were making more money even though they were paying more tax, but they were making more money and they were able to lobby for the elimination of the medical. So for folks listening in who don't have a clue about what any of this means, yeah. typically medical is very low restriction. 
It's designed to be. It's a joke. Well, <laughs> it might be a joke, it, but I mean, it, it, it provides what is necessary associated with Well, it's there for people who need it. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, it's, it is quite useful. I find it quite useful mm. medically, actually. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, imagine, yeah. imagine we were having this conversation in Washington state and rather than paying what you're paying currently, you were paying roughly double. Yeah. And had restrictions associated with what you could buy and where you could Oh, buy. listen, it's better than getting thrown in jail. Well, I, it's always better than getting thrown in jail. You're right. I mean, you know. <laughs> listen, this is just, I don't know. I just can't get this upset about it because mm. it just seems like, well, duh. What do you expect from this culture? I mean, that's... <laughs> Yes, of course, that's what they're going to do. But it's the alternative is illegality, putting people in jail, uh, problem, drug cartels. Well, <laughs> but the you know the people that are very critical of Prop sixty four, yeah, say quite clearly that these things that you don't want to happen could happen through this proposition. Oh, of course they could. You know, any goddamn the thing. You know, the thing is, really, I don't give a shit. I mean, I lived for years when I could have gone to jail and I managed to find it and smoke mm. it, you know, without mm. any problem. So, I mean, really, it's just about minimizing the likelihood of me going to jail, mm. you know. And that's pretty unlikely. I mean, the way it is is just fine with me. It, you know, that's good enough. You know, I don't really need so if that disappears and it's replaced with something different, more expensive, well, requiring different kind of regulation, different uh, representation. Well, it, all sorts of possibilities, you know. But again, it, either way, I don't much give a shit because there still is an illegal market. Hmm. <laughs> I, I think, isn't there? There still is an illegal market. That's exactly the point. Yeah. This actually hasn't eroded an illegal market at all. No. Well, it's for, no, I'm sure it's eroded it. <laughs> for goddamn sure it's eroded it, but it hasn't eliminated it. Mm. Well, the statistics are interesting associated with what happened to the market, particularly in Colorado and what happened to the market in Washington State. Uh-huh. And here I've, I recently, four or five months ago, observed a, a dope deal in a local shopping center. <laughs> so people are clearly still buying weed in volume illegally. Uh, or legally. I mean, shit, I can buy quite a bit. And I could turn around and resell it right now. I mean, it's illegal, but but, but there's nothing to stop me from doing that. They'll sell me as much as I want. Well, if you read Prop 64 in a negative light, that may be coming to an end. Well, that may be. Mm. Listen, you know, ultimately, like I say, as long as I don't end up in jail, and and I don't get that much out of it anymore anyway. It's just a, Mm. a, a, it's sort of a different kind of issue. Mm. Yeah. Can't, we need to kill capitalism. Obviously, that's but that's a separate issue. In the meantime, let's not put people in jail for um, you know smoking pot. So putting people in jail is still part of the Prop sixty four initiative. It sounds like you're unswayed by any argument. No, it's no. I, I'm no. I, I don't know. I, I don't know who. The thing is, it depends on who you listen to. I'm not gonna. That's. I mean, the issue. I'm not an attorney. I. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna. I'm not going to take the time. Uh, fuck it. I'll ignore the whole thing. It's not that important to me. Like I say, well, the way it is, we're fuck if it's illegal again. I'll survive. It's no big deal. I guess my, <laughs> I guess my point is that you talked about coming out very positively and voting for this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anything about it other than the fact that it's not going to, it's, it's going to remove, you know, all the, well, you know, 
I, I, I don't know anything about it. I read, you know, a couple things, you know, it sounded like it uh, would not make it a crime to buy that anybody over 21 could buy marijuana. It's specific. Is that not it's, true? It's specific. Well, it regulates very closely how they can buy it, and it also minimizes the Yeah, what does it have quantity. to be, state-operated stores or something? Well, they have to be, they have to fall in within the regulation. Okay, so, so I mean, it's basically the same way the medical thing is, only it's just going to be not medical, it's just going to be a well, state. Well, it may, it may also, which is what happened to Washington, was that what was originally distinct, medical and yeah. non-medical, all became non-medical eventually. Yeah, I don't see any point in having a medical side, other than, you know, you and your doctor can talk about whether it might be useful to smoke a little weed. So, <laughs> you know? I guess my general concern associated with this view is I'd like to see circumstances where the price of cannabis dropped dramatically. I think nice. the cost of cannabis is excessive, and it is equivalent in this state and most others well, yeah, to it that's being illegal. Just, yeah, yeah. So yeah, if, if this legislation goes through, this legislation has anti-competitive practices associated with not only pegging the. Well, price we can of always cannabis. change that too. You know, I well, mean, when you say we, it's not like it's you and me; it's the legislature here in voting well, conditions. Listen, listen, listen. I just can't get all that worked up about this. Okay. <laughs> I guess that's what it gets down okay. to. So is that is not going I mean it would make a difference to I mean the way it is right now is just fine. But this is changing the way it is right now. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. So uh, if it fails, then it'll stay the way it is, which is just fine. And if it passes and it eliminates the medical benefits that you've seen, I haven't, it has nothing to do with medical benefits. Well, sorry, the I benefits, pay a guy 60 or 80 bucks so that I can go buy some, you know, another 60 or 80 bucks worth of weed. Okay, so if you pay a guy 120 bucks so you can buy 200 bucks worth of weed, which is the same weed as you're paying yeah, currently. Yeah, that well, that would concern? not make me happy, no. Okay. And if that facility was then taken away from you and you then had to go to an even more expensive method. Well, then by that time, well, no, I probably would have found other sources by then. Right. So your view <laughs> is basically if they, if they do things that are punitive to you, you're just going to move back to the old market. Why not? Why wouldn't I? Right. It's interesting, actually. I mean, it's just not something I, I intend to spend my time to invest myself in and mm. what other Californians vote one way or another, what the thing is, how it's interpreted, what happens six months from now as a result of that, whether it's constitutional or not. But, you know, I just haven't got – there are just other things that are more interesting to me than getting involved in all of that bullshit. You know, I just don't care. Uh, if I want grass, I'll find it. Hmm. <laughs> it's just really that simple. It can be easy and cheap, or it can be uh, a little more thrilling and more expensive. But I don't smoke that much of it anyway, so it's not that big a deal to me. Okay. But again, is a civil liberties thing. The idea of it being legal is better than it being illegal, as far as I'm concerned. And the rest is all capitalism. Well, except it's linguistic associated with this proposition. Because it still remains illegal in a number of circumstances. In fact, well, new that's, laws that's, are that's added to the Well, that's true for alcohol, too, isn't it? There aren't any propositions governing alcohol. No, I, well, I know, but I mean the laws governing alcohol. I mean, how is this any different than the, the laws governing alcohol? You can Just, brew your own beer without any restrictions. I mean, the well, things that uh, I like to think yeah. of it is is associated with 
let's look at other supposedly legal herbs, like basil, for example. <laughs> I can grow just as much basil as I want. I can go to the yeah, stores and right. buy varieties yes, of the basil. Well, wouldn't have you tried smoking basil? I look, basil affects me when I eat it. I think homegrown <laughs> really basil. You're onto something. Here. I believe me, and Thai basil, <laughs> unbelievable, Heron. Thai basil has. Magical medicinal properties, yes, yes, believe yes. me. So my perspective is that's a legal herb. So why don't we use basil as an example of a legal herb and say, well, if it's legalization, then let's make it like basil. And you could write half a page to be put to the voters. Yeah, it's real, yeah it could be very simple. Yeah. yeah. But the, that's the thing is it's, yeah, but see, that's in a reasonable world. That probably just ain't going to happen. Well, know? I don't know. I mean, I guess my people cons- are not, no, you know, <laughs> people are not ready for actual sensible thinking yet. That's not going to work. Very good. We just got to take what we can get wherever we can, you know? Fair enough, Heron. <laughs> well, I predicted that this might happen and it has happened. So we will move what on from happened? this topic. I said to Lorenzo that we could do some degree of analytics associated with this stuff, but I said if it doesn't work out, I'll just record a short phone call too. Um, well, what, what needs to be said about it? I guess my perspective is we are providing some degree of analytical information to our listeners associated with this thing. Oh, see, I don't give a shit. No, to me, this is you and me having a conversation. I understand. I understand. (laughs) But I mean, in, in a friendly conversation, typically, the requirements of both participants is that certain ideas oh, yeah, can be flowed and discussed. Well, yeah, are both interested in talking exactly. about the same thing. And if one person isn't interested, we might as well just move. On, well, right? if you can find some interest in the, I mean, I have nothing against the the issue. I mean, it, it brought it up for me. In, mm. in looking at this, I realized that I really don't know anything about the law. Yeah. You know, and that all I can do is decide which of their smiling faces or bag covered heads, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I want to believe or I like, or yeah. I have some sympathy for, I guess you know? my perspective is slightly different because I think, I mean, my interest associated with this whole thing, and we've discussed this in a few prior recordings is associated with how little is actually known associated with this particular plant. Like there's a whole lot of, like folksy knowledge, which is conveyed through folks that yeah. move yeah, it would through be nice to actually turn period. On, it, it, it would be nice. <laughs> yeah. And the diversity, I mean, the, the, this plant is like a dog. It has so many different yeah. permutations yeah, yeah, and appearances. Yeah, and yeah right. That's a things. good analogy. Yeah. The, <laughs> and what we're dealing with here, primarily because of the illegal like money making, which has tried to translate itself to legal money making, is only a very small portion of this particular pooch. Right? Oh we yeah, well, the, yeah. That's yeah. the whole point: is that the, the real issues are are, ca- are capitalism. Exactly. Actually. Well, capitalism has completely perturbed this thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. Drugs are irrelevant. It, it's capitalism, and and the the end of the age of capitalism is not going to be easy. Mm. <laughs> mm. Although you never can tell, you know. I mean, I think also it encompasses. I mean, so much of what I see in terms of stop and frisk policing and things like this. I mean, Uh any new laws, and there are 60 plus pages of new law here, is going to be enforced by the same people that pull guns on people and shoot people. And, you know, and don't really have any fundamental understanding of the law. My view is that if you can prohibit any interaction with these folk, like full legalization, for example, then you don't have a situation where they need to be weighing 
how much of this particular yeah, you know, the, the yeah, it, carrying. It, yeah, no, I agree with you completely. You yeah. know, but that's uh, this planet isn't quite sane enough for that well, yet. Well, I guess my concern associated with this is the same argument is made associated with the political system, a variety of other things. We need to start having conversations about what sanity actually looks like, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah we need to remind people <laughs> that this thing is so completely insane, and this is what sanity could look like in a slightly better world, well, let's right? Let's just explore the possibilities yeah. here. Let's just take yeah. a look at what's actually fucking going I mean, on. What's interesting in parallel to this... In parallel to this, it could be quite possible come August, and I'm still relatively hopeful, that the federal government will move this particular herb from being totally illegal to being medically prescribable. Yeah. Which on a federal level changes things quite dramatically. I bet it does, yeah. So, you know, these kind of things can happen outside That's of right, California I can get mine well. through the VA now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, they could actually... And this is where the whole California thing is really out of step, because the governor signed a whole lot of stuff into law last year, which we talked about briefly, in particular my concerns that this was just a, a Washington State-like move, and now we're getting this legislation being put up, you know, as a proposition. <laughs> it, it strikes me this is just like the the wheels in California aren't quite at sync with the rest of uh, the U.S. associated with this particular dialogue. We are behind, I mean, fundamentally. It's a little surprising, with, actually, to me. Well, anyway, that yeah. shows the powers that be here as well, you know. So, it, well, you know. it's it, it well, but I mean, the, the fact that it failed in the initiative a couple mm. of years ago uh, says a lot, mm. <laughs> you know, about what's going on in the minds of lots of people, you know. Yes. I mean, that they're the, yeah, so, well, but again, I think this is small stuff. I mean, you know, 10, 20 years from now, these, these issues will be long behind us. Let us hope. <laughs> Let us Hope. Yeah, well, we'll be on to more drastic things that'll probably be claiming much more of our attention. Let's hope so. It just feels so good to not feel so bad. Yeah, it's, it's a funny thing, these uh, these incidents. <laughs> well, it really, again, it brought me back to one of the reasons, actually, and this, I've known this for a few years, too, is that really, you know, just being pain-free and conscious is so awesome. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't really have to do fucking anything. <laughs> you know, yes. it's, it's amazing, uh, you know, to just not have any pain, to be able to move and do what the hell you want to do, even if it's nothing. <laughs> you know? It's one of the things that's concerned me about the migraines, and I still suffer them sufficiently mm. that I need to take, you know, continuous yeah. medication. Yeah. And I still suffer so the you're migraines. So ta you're taking... Uh, pills a couple times a day or what i'm taking uh technically three times a day plus additional pills if things aren't working if, if so oh god yeah, yeah. So, and this is every day every day every day and how often do you get migraines um they've reduced i'm getting them about once every three days currently and it was more than daily it was almost continuous Okay, well, hell, now you've come a long way. Yes, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. seeing a neurologist, I think, next week, and hopefully we'll get more details along this exciting yeah, journey yeah. of my body. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's interesting to realize how being pain-free for any length of time is yeah. a miracle. Yeah, see, yeah, it's hard for me to imagine living like you. Mm. You know, I mean, I, I can't imagine. I mean, to me, pain... Well, again, this all brought it up again. It's not a part of my life, generally speaking. Yeah. You know, aches and pains, yeah, but, you know, nothing that really 
is debilitating, you know. Yeah. And um, so, you know, it's, it was just such a reminder again to realize that. Yeah. Do you think your multivitamin regime may contribute to the issue? Because it's uh, associated with mineral oh, deposits and you're taking yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff, right? Uh, yeah. No, I, I don't think that's it at all. I, I think it's – well. Yeah, I mean, because I continue to do that. That 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 hasn't been a problem. It, it's um, it's just it's, it. It's well, it's not just. I mean, it's probably more. Everything is more complex than that. Certainly. But it appears though, if I avoid really greasy foods, uh, or even slightly greasy foods, if if it's on a regular basis, mm. the thing is, I just can't get much. That's why you know some of these things. You know, like pizza. Well, that's not. Well, that's greasy enough. I can eat a pizza once a month. Mm. Mm. And and that's been okay, you know. But uh, it's just that on a regular daily basis, I can't eat that stuff. Yes, yes. And and I, and I knew that for two and a half years, <laughs> and then slowly <laughs> drifted. The food convinced yeah. you otherwise. Yeah, yes. yeah. It's real. Well, it's really interesting. How, you know how your attention shifts. You know, and you forget. Mm. You know, it becomes automatic and normal and. You quit thinking about it and behavior changes. You know, it's all a very interesting process. Certainly. Certainly. So we didn't do the formal, do you have any topics, Heron, at the start of this particular recording? Have I missed any topics? Um, let me see. No, not really. You haven't seen any movies recently that you found particularly good? Eh, not particularly. Not that, not so that I'd even remember them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I've I've watched a couple movies that uh, I don't know. I I I still watch them. I don't know why I watch them. It's been a long time since um yes. You know, since I've had a really wonderful experience. The Secret Life of Pets was surprisingly unoffensive. I saw that in Cinema with My Spiritual Advisor. <laughs> surprisingly Actually, unoffensive. Yeah. I well, think I that's, guess that's, that's a not, positive review, right? It could be a lot worse. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Purge election, unfortunately, offensive. So I would not recommend that film. But Secret Life of Pets, folks with kids, it's quite fun. You know, it's New York-style humour, but portrayed through cartoon animals. I can't complain about that. Well, I don't even know why I watch movies anymore. You know, I mean, <laughs> well, it's, it's what the, the hell do I think one, I'm going to get out of It's the main hope that you'll find one in a few hundred that are worth talking about, right? <laughs> God, but that seems, that's like being a, an addicted gambler. Hmm. Doesn't that describe everything in our lives? I mean, you eat, continue to eat, go back to greasy food. That no, indicates but you, some well, indication of addiction. Well, right? that, that may be part of it. Yeah. It yeah. may be. I, I don't know. It's just it, all very interesting to observe this, <laughs> you know, and to look that here I am 70 years old. How, how far can I go? <laughs> you know, I mean, I, when I'm feeling good, I feel good. I'm strong. I exercise. I'm flexible. I'm, you know, mm. um, and then this thing happens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it sort of reminds me that I should take care of myself. You know, certainly. Um, I spent some interesting time with someone, a 79-year-old, actually. Uh huh. Uh, last weekend. My wife and I are periodically invited to these, I call them salons because they're kind of like parties with like intellectual folk where they get together and talk about stuff. Oh, cool. And up until now, and they're all in Santa Cruz or, or further south. And so. And where are these taking in people's homes or what? Yeah. Yeah. And um, organized by whom? 
people that know me. Typically friends of Bruce Damer. Let's just put it that way. Okay, all right. Well, that In this says, case yeah. is videographer Al Lundell, who seems to host a number of them. Yeah, okay, yeah. So my wife and I looked at each other Saturday morning, and I said, uh, I've been invited to this thing. Normally we can't go for a variety of reasons, but we might actually be able to go today. And I think the way it was was we saw, yeah, we went to see films in the morning, and then we must have gone in the afternoon. I think that's the way it worked. Anyway. We went down, my wife went swimming, and I entered into this arena and was initially introduced to two women that wanted to talk about energy and these kind of things. And then I had a better conversation with one of them, <laughs> who may or may not actually end up listening to these recordings, uh, about what I do here and the ideas of throwing, or basically like getting people to think, creating oh, audio oh. recordings that get people to think. And almost like farming out the thinking process with my own particular stipulations to a variety of different listeners the world over, who then rerun some of the thought experiments and discussions that you and I have, and then see how that thing permeates over time, which I think is probably one of the more eloquent ways to describe what we do here. No, I think that's a great story. Yeah, and that's as yes. good a story as I've heard. <laughs> anyway, so I wasn't able to finish my conversation with Jennifer, uh, but hopefully she will listen to some of these things and get some place associated with where we are and what we're discussing. And then I saw a fellow who is a longtime friend of Bruce Damer's, who lives up in Boulder Creek, I think, near Bruce, called Nick Herbert. And he is a physicist who has recorded... Do you remember I Am Darwin? Do you remember that whole project that I did? Maybe four or five? Actually, it was seven The name ago. sounds vaguely familiar, so but no details a, of I it. I had a video stuck. project about seven years ago, so it might have even been before we spoke, which was to approach a series of scientists and hobbyists and just general people to get them to record videos associated with how their, well, how Darwin had affected their work and also how they were continuing on Darwin's work through their own thinking. And Nick Herbert was part of that. He recorded a video up in the Redwoods that Bruce Damer filmed and supplied me the video. So when I introduced myself to him, we had a two-hour-long conversation, which was actually really very nice. It's rare that I... I mean, you talk about how I keep my end up of the conversation, these kind of things, and, you know, you enjoy talking to me for that reason. I think he was in a similar mindset that he wanted to have a good conversation. He knew that I clearly could have a good conversation, and we touched yeah. on a number of different ideas and aspects. And this whole time, my spiritual advisor was out swimming in the ocean, having a great old time. And it was actually a really nice opportunity just to jam with a guy who yeah. obviously has jammed with a lot of people previously, cognitively, and just have a really good conversation on a variety of topics. Yeah, sounds like fun. And I thought to myself, I need to put myself out in the general public a lot more. Like, yeah. obviously, being in these environments around these kind of people is yeah. important. Yeah, no, you're right. If you See, I used to be I, – mm. I did that for, like, 20 you years. Yeah. You were very much part of the salon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's California. awesome. I don't know where – I've 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 looked – I have not found anything, but I mean, there, there probably is stuff that I'm unaware of. I reconnected you with a guy about two years ago. I John Holmdahl. John Holmdahl. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I he was him. one of the instigators mm. uh, of the on purpose network. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a great time. Uh, I'm uh, looking forward to a renaissance of, of more of that. And that's good to hear that there's stuff like that going on up there. I think you know? my broad concern associated with it's unfortunately, I couldn't stay for long. I was on call. I'm on call still. 
And I had to kind of be there, be present, and then leave. Yeah. And spending time with Nick Kerbert was just amazing. It was very nice to have a chat yeah. with the gentleman. So I had to leave. But the, I guess my general concern associated with what has come out of these salons historically is it's pretty reinforcing. It's not really critical. It's not really challenging. It's not really no, trying no, to do No, the things. main thing is you hmm. might meet some individuals. That's exactly that, the point. Yeah, it's yeah. the personal connections yeah. you can make with individuals yeah. that are going to change the world. And I think I come to this from a very different perspective associated with my own, I don't know, my own vantage point. I mean, I tend to like counterexamples. I tend, as we, as I did with Prop 64, I tend to like to read through things and work out different directions and angles and different possibilities and i think it's you know most of my insights are not particularly linear they seem to come from all directions and then try to create something at least to create some degree of analysis and i think in general that is difficult to explain to you know just a general audience unless you have an opportunity no you're talking really again to- your audience in that domain is like mine it's five percent maybe if you're lucky well that's where it gets interesting because i think Certainly the the object of this particular salon, and I didn't stay for the entire thing, was to bring a small group of thinkers together for a periodic radio show that Al Lundell hosts called Dr. Future. I've talked a little bit in these podcasts previously, somewhat critically in some circumstances associated with the Dr. Future message, because I think a lot of it is, well, for example, when I entered this particular conversation, they were talking about global currency, and I said, well, there are two philosophies here there's the kind of bitcoin version which is what they were referring to or there's doug rushkov's idea of extreme local currencies meaning literally each municipality has its own currency and when you enter a new municipality you have to exchange your currency (laughs) and you have to keep on moving like this so literally yeah yeah Yeah, there you go there's a really brilliant solution Just make it more complicated. I've always liked multi-currency systems. I've always thought... That, Why do we need currency at all? Well, the interesting... In my view is you want to fuck up currency, right? You don't want to... No, currency. I don't want to fuck up currency. I don't want... I don't see a need for currency. Well, exactly. But you want to illustrate... Well, my perspective is you want to illustrate the lack of need for currency in the most ridiculous means possible. And well, listen, oh yeah, again, people are not ready. For, this is going to take decades for this shit to come around. People, people are just not ready for this kind of stuff. I mean, some people are, mm. but uh, without some preparation and – I mean, this is, these are really difficult ideas, I think, for most people. I mean, it's obvious to you and me that yeah. we begin to lose perspective on these things. It's so obvious, but it's not that obvious to everybody. I know, but you could do it with, you could do it with science fiction writing. I mean, one of my favorite examples is the, the notion yeah. that physical mm-hmm. labor and intellectual labor and potentially other forms of labor are all paid with different currencies. They have different exchange rates and these yeah, kind yeah. of things. Well, there's all sorts of ways you can account for people's behavior in, in exactly. what they do. No, this is exactly the point. That, the and fact, that's important. Yeah. But that's all can be based on thermodynamics. Well, you can be based on a wide variety of things. The important point is that the way we find ourselves here does not always have to require a set currency with, you know, translatable properties at borders and all this other kinds of stuff. Well, yeah. There's again, a multiplicity of solutions to this. Yeah, problem. of course. Yeah. yeah. But well, in, any most, case, yeah, yeah. in any case, yeah. so this is an example. I entered this fray. The distinction was, well, of course, we'd be, call, we'd be talking about Bitcoin associated with this problem. Yeah. And I said, actually, 
there are a few different ideas here, and there are probably a bunch of other ideas that we could brainstorm All as well. All sorts of ideas. We exactly. haven't even begun to really think seriously exactly. about this exactly. issue. Yeah. So I guess my sense associated with prior interactions is there's a dominant narrative, and then there's a narrative that I like to promote, which is yeah. not in any way. See, I don't think there is a there is no there's no narrative at all yet. We're in the in the process of forming well, a narrative uh, amongst a certain group of intelligentsia. There is a narrative. Uh, well, that's your analysis of it. <laughs> well, no, actually, well, it's an external thing that I can point to, and which I've tried to illustrate here. Well, no, I understand. Listen, yeah. All I'm saying is <laughs> there are many ways to put this da- all all these data sets together to emphasize almost any damn thing you want. <laughs> In any case, as we were leaving this particular party, it, it became relatively clear that these parties historically had, you know, like a, an after-hours component to them as well. Yeah. And while we were there, I saw some Well, women... it's however long you can last. Well, <laughs> let's continue along that idea. While I was there, I noticed a, a plate of brownies being produced. In fact, there was a solid chunk of brownie that was then cut up mm. very neatly into smaller brownie subsections. How nice. And, were, were they special brownies? Let's, let's continue this thought. <laughs> so as we were leaving, my wife reached down without thinking, picked up one of the brownies, put it in her mouth, and we just left. Well, you can usually tell by the taste. I mean, if, uh, if there's enough in there, <laughs> you know, you can taste it. So. Well, anyway, it was only till we got back to the car and actually started driving. It's about a 40-minute to an hour yeah, drive. It takes, yeah, it takes like a half hour or so yeah. to when you eat it. Anyway, so, yeah. so much humor was had associated with my wife's <laughs> consumption of the brownies. They were not medicated. They were not laced. But just uh-huh. the joke of leaving this kind of event. Well, just being open to that possibility. Being open to that possibility. Exactly. Completely. And she, she wasn't open to the possibility. Am I stoned? Am I stoned yet? <laughs> she wasn't open to the possibility until we actually discussed that she had eaten the sacred brownies at some particular <laughs> point. So that was the final piece of amusement associated with that. <laughs> In the complete language monkey fray, there was... I think it's in the order of 20, maybe 30 pages of the 9-11 report Mm -hmm. that was redacted but now returned today. I downloaded it. Uh, It's been a lot of reading for this particular stone ape. I downloaded it and read it coming to this recording, and it's still sufficiently redacted that it, all the juicy stuff is still redacted from it. <laughs> all the stuff that would actually yeah. lead to any reasonable conclusion. What it illustrates, however, I'm not sure, <laughs> because I've, I've heard what it contains and I've speed read it, and yeah. literally speed read it. I didn't spend even my usual time going through it. It does seem to indicate the Saudis played a stronger role in the whole thing than we've been led to believe. Well, the today. Saudis, what the fuck does that mean? Well, you know, I mean, there are groups like- of people in, in Saudi Arabia who were involved in this. What a surprise. <laughs> um, when there are groups of people that are in positions of power, and these are also... Well, like- the Bin Ladens, for one. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> But, you know, these are our friends that we are paying, you know, copious quantities yeah, yeah, for their yeah, precious yeah. resources. Exit. Listen, I don't want to hear any more complaints exactly. about the caterpillar, man. This is Fair what enough. you get. <laughs> it's going to be, I mean, really, we're right at the end of this game, I think. I think we're going to see in the next two decades, really, the, uh, the total reconfiguration uh, of um, political units. Uh, mm. 
I mean, the present state is just so, so insane. (laughs) It's hard to imagine that it can continue much longer. (laughs) Yes. How's that wine glass looking? (laughs) It's a good thing wine doesn't put me in the hospital. Mm. (laughs) I thought, didn't, there was one recording where you got really ill, but you didn't go to the hospital, I don't think. Uh, No, I think that was, no, that was because I just was fucking drunk. I had to, you know, I was just sick. The room was spilling, spinning, and the room was spilling as well. Yes, yes, yeah. It was really pathetic. Yeah, yeah. I think that was our four, maybe a three and a half hour show, which was originally four and a half hours, but I cut an hour's (laughs) worth of it because it just wasn't worth hearing. Yes. So is my uh, drunkenness uh, included in the the thing? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh good. Okay, yeah. The the hour that I cut was you talking about various. Like money-making schemes that you had that you didn't want me to put in the recording. Uh, I think you were at that level of drunk where you didn't care and then you started caring and I said, I'll just cut that audio. So anyway, yeah. moving on from this. So one of the things that I've been wanting to float recently, I'm just waiting for the graphic. I'm going to do the initial recordings this weekend by the looks of things, is associated with this political podcast I've been talking about periodically. I'm calling it kind of a post-politics podcast. One of the folks or one of the groups of folks that I want to get involved with this, if nothing more, just to do some kind of analytical deconstruction, or at least understand what the vanguard is, is thinking, is associated with the vanguard of, of the Black Lives Matter movement. I was just oh, getting okay. to that point. And part of this is that I don't really have any avenues into the Black Lives Matter movement. Through the week, I saw a rather curious article which was propagated. It was a video actually propagated on CNN, which looked completely fake, associated with Black Lives Matter protesters meeting up with kind of, you know, Pax Americana, good old boy protesters, and them all hugging and going home, and the police not having to change <laughs> yeah, anything I've associated seen with their behaviour. Yeah, you've, yeah, you've probably seen that. It turns out it was actually a woman who worked for the Hilton. Who th- there seem to be these kind of pop up Black Lives Matter protests, which aren't in any way condoned by Black Lives Matter. They just become Black Lives Matter protests for the because somebody said it was. <laughs> Someone said yeah. Black Lives Matter, and then all of a sudden it's a Black Lives Matter protest. Yeah. Within the core of Black Lives Matter, there seem to be some folks that are really doing some quite interesting, like social theory. Particularly, okay, so, so they actually have an agenda and are working for change. It or would something. appear that yeah. was the case. Yeah, okay. So I'm interested in like at least conversing with these folks and maybe putting them in the podcast just to give a kind of interesting yeah. perspective in the podcast. So the woman who I've been meaning to interview associated with her being a pipe carrier provided, oh, she went off to be part of the prayer circle for Black Lives Matter. I contacted her through the week and she passed me a group called White Allies to Black Lives Matter. It's a very curious group. It seems to be mainly, in fact, it seems to be exclusively (laughs) made up of women, uh, typically Women. That's right. They're, they can't be in Black Lives Matter, so they have to have a special organization for yeah, not they're black white. people. They're white, and apparently being white and being part of Black Lives Matter seems to be somewhat mutually exclusive, or at least in this context. In order to participate in their teleconferences, you need to give them a financial donation and also donate to one of Ten charities that they nominate. Well, yeah, that's that's their that's game, the game. You know, exactly. Yeah, you're no, either going to play that game or you're not. I come to this with full Stonian credentials associated with analysing this particular thing. Yeah, yeah. And my view is because I'm not interested in the organising component, nor being a well. The financial ally thing is interesting. I mean, I think about the internet and computers. Actually, it's really just computers now because the cities absorbed some of the internet costs. 
that I do for the local community centre. There haven't been any major computer upgrades there recently. Truth be told, actually, I didn't go to the local community meeting because I'm just... Well, work played a part in that. Yeah. But I'm just sick and tired of interacting with the police. Yeah. I mean, my time associated with interacting with these folk, and we've discussed this pretty well ad nauseum on Friday night. Yep. (laughs) You know, my time could be better invested in other places. And unfortunately, yeah. So, you know, in the future, if I had... The problem, I think, in part was it was two hours from the conference call. I had a bunch of stuff that I had to do. Plus, I had to then invest my time in which of out of the 10, you know, black charities, black run charities I wanted to invest in, all this kind of stuff. I thought, this is so completely outside the remit of what I'm looking to do. And as I'm not looking to actively become an organizer, I'm interested in getting ideas out through audio, which is a very different thing than what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, the internet, yeah, audio, well, yeah, video and audio, that's it. That's. Mm. If you want to put ideas into the world, that's the way to do it. These seem to be the mechanisms which are best available to you. Well, they're there. The they're just there. Yeah. yeah. You know, the question is, how can you use this to, <laughs> yeah. to your advantage? And, I mean, I think that's where it's very interesting. Of all these folk, I've seen a few interviews of Erica Gardner. Erica Gardner is the daughter of the guy in New York who was, through a stranglehold, killed by the New York City police. Funnily enough, the only guy who's gotten any prison time was the guy who actually filmed the footage, which seems to be just the standard practice in these circumstances. The accounts of the gentleman who who filmed uh, the fellow in Louisiana being detained for a day and a half and having, I mean, he was the business owner in this case, having his, you know, cameras and equipment confiscated and all this kind of craziness. I mean, it's interesting that you say we're towards the end of this thing. I do agree we are probably towards the end of this thing, but I think it's going to get considerably more interesting. In <laughs> yeah, interesting. That's a in, nice way of a nice, a nice civilized years. word. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I start to wonder. The question actually, is how fucking bloody is it going to get? That's really the issue is how bad is it going to get for enough people to change their story? Well, it hasn't gotten bad enough yet. No, oh, we're not even close to That's yeah, exactly yeah, the point yeah, that yeah. I make. So yeah. it's going to be more bloody than it, it is. It's going to get real unpleasant, yeah. I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah that bothers me. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm starting to feel it's not that I'm numb. It's just that I view, I mean, part of this music project that I've been working on is associated with a couple of songs that require video footage from the Syrian conflict, because that's what I want to put with my music. So I'm very familiar with the video footage from the Syrian conflict, in particular the just continued bombings of civilians and just complete massacres associated with civilians. This media is streamed 24-7 in a portion of this planet, and you know people can subscribe to this very easily, and I think with that kind of desensitization certainly associated with what are called terrorist attacks, which, you know, are genuinely terrifying and do kill people. You know, these things are in parity. In fact, actually, we're killing way more of them than they can kill of us. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, you know, know, the whole system. Yeah. yeah. This requires this requires rebuilding of the human heart. (laughs) Well, yes, yes. That's what is required here. I guess this is what interests me associated with. Black Lives Matter and these kind of organizations, because clearly, and this actually is like a stalwart principle of the police force and those that are supportive of the police force, is that they should have, there's nothing's wrong. 
Like nothing needs to change on their side. <laughs> everything's okay. Like, everything's a okay. Nothing systemic needs to happen. Yeah. Demilitarization doesn't need to happen. Yeah, uh, weapons yeah. training. Well, again, this, this, there's just no point in even talking about any one of these issues. It's all intertwined. You know, I mean, you, you, they can't be solved independently. The mm. whole system needs to be reinvented. You know, yes. <laughs> it's 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 really a new world, and and there is no solution to the problems of the caterpillar. The caterpillar is going to fall apart. Period. Mm. That's the end of it. Some mm. of it will transfigure itself into some other kind of system or other, and mm. some of it will just sort of pass away. Yes, hopefully there will be some qualities of kind of familiar humanity through this. I mean, you could be, it, it, without question, brutalization for a short period, maybe even a medium period, but we've lamented actually you know, what possibilities yeah. occur after this. I think it'll be decided in the next 30 or 40 years. Mm. But you've been saying that for 30 or 40 years. No, now, right? no I've been saying 30 to 50 years <laughs> for a long time. Now it's okay. actually 20 to 40. Um, <laughs> but you yeah. don't, you but, don't, but want I don't to, know. That's just my yeah. guess. What the fuck do I know? Well, <laughs> but you, you make predictive decisions when you assert you're going to vote for a political candidate, right? To try to stave off what might happen. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. That's all part of the equation. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I realize that that's just my story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it's the best one I've been able to come up with. <laughs> but what the hell do I know? <laughs> yeah. My spiritual advisor is very critical of my gardening style currently, which has actually become gardening rather curious. Style? Yes. I, I adopted what I'm calling a Vietnamese method of planting pots of tomatoes and onions and mm -hmm. lettuce and you know all these things in my garden god my and, tomatoes are all coming in now it's just crazy i'm gonna yeah. have to bring a ton of them to work just to get rid of them it's just <laughs> well the problem here in san jose is that we had a cold snap about a month ago in fact just after we came back from the uk there was a cold snap and my tomatoes are coming in really late now. Mm. And, you know. Well, mine are just starting to come in now. Well, I'm okay, really, so maybe but, we're in the similar Yeah, I mean, I've got a bunch yeah. of them out there I need to pick tomorrow. In contrast with Sacramento, that has had ripe tomatoes for uh, two months now. Mm. So, yeah. I've been arguing the case. And my wife has been getting independent research associated with this from her friends. But I've been arguing the case that my garden would be doing just fine if we hadn't had this cold snap. But the whole cold snap has just completely screwed everything associated mm. with this. I'm still well, if it's late, that's okay. Then just you'll have them longer into the year, maybe. Yeah, I, I've anticipated. I planted cherry tomatoes to kind of catch the October-November period, and they'll yeah. still be coming in in October-November. So I love cherry tomatoes. They're one of my favorite things in the world. They just. <laughs> You know, and I never did anything for these. They just showed up here. Yes. <laughs> you know, thank you, Bob. Yeah. Do you tie them or anything? No. You just let them grow. <laughs> just all over the goddamn place. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, it, it probably would make sense to trim it back a little bit because it would force it to produce stuff more, you know, mm. because, but, because now, I mean, this one plant is just taken over a whole side of the yard almost and uh, and it's just starting to produce i mean now i can see yes in there are some really ripe tomatoes ready to go yes yeah i haven't really examined them carefully yet i will tomorrow i'm still experimenting with ideas of i mean for example i now know zucchini you don't need a lot of soil for some good zucchini so i'm kind of learning through this process but the mm. aim is 
if things go terribly, horribly wrong, that I will at least have some procedures in place for getting... We're talking about basil a little earlier. I mean, getting really <laughs> good quality basil, Thai basil, Italian basil, sweet yeah. basil, pepper basil, a variety of different forms of basil that you can at least augment whatever we're eating, you know, post-apocalypse. Is basil some sort of good food or something? I don't... Basil I'm not familiar. Is, it's... it's it's sufficiently volatile that if you... I add it to soups as just a matter of instinct. Um, but it's sufficiently volatile, and it can be used in a lot of different things, either crushed or as leaves, or you can cook Maybe the leaves. It, it, gives you, kind of it gives your body some nutrient value that no, it needs. It just it makes food taste better, Heron. Oh, okay, it's a nerve. All right, exactly, all right. I, all I was just trying to figure out if, if basil didn't exist, am I going to hmm. die? <laughs> well, the other thing I, that I like is citrus. We have an orange tree that's continuously fruiting, but I also ah, like yeah. lemons and limes as well. Yeah, yeah. And they are, I mean, I've I had a soup tonight that was predominantly lime juice and that really <laughs> lime juice soup i never well, heard of that one before it's, it's a it's a curry soup that has a lot of lime juice lime, in it, okay right? yeah all right yeah, i so got that yeah you, you drink whatever three or four cups of this hot broth and a third to half a cup is lime juice by the amount that you add it. yeah 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 um so yeah it always interests me what plants you know if, if you can only have it's it's the noah's art problem right if you can only have a certain number of plants, which plants will best serve you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a problem yeah. that doesn't concern you, but it concerns me on some level, and it's well. It do- no, if yeah. you're right, I just like to. It's a good thing I like tomatoes. Yes, <laughs> and I eat a lot of them, yes. so it's perfect for me. <laughs> yeah, if I like bananas, I guess I'd be in trouble. Mm. <laughs> you do kind of like strawberries too, don't you? Oh uh, yeah, strawberry. You got it. Strawberries, yeah, and I could grow those, I suppose. You no, could. but yeah, the thing is, then I'd have to actually take charge of it. This is just something the universe gives me. <laughs> I don't have to do anything. Very except good. Go pick them. You know what Very the hell good. could be better than that? Yes. Yeah, and you also become a generous person if you take them into work, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It makes me look really good, and I come in with a huge bag full of tomatoes. Yeah, damn yeah. skippy. Hell yes, damn skippy. The gardener, <laughs> the accidental gardener. That's what you are, Harris. There you go. Very good. Very good. So I am out of topics. Is there anything that you'd like to float? I guess not. Well, Heron. I think I'll be available next weekend as well. So, same time next week. Okay. I should actually point out, I want to thank the folks that reposted the show and said positive things about the show through social networks, Andrew Lee's in particular. Thank you, Andrew. And thanks to the folks that are starting to interact via Twitter as well. And the fellow who said that I was fragile and I had some correspondence following our conversation, Heron, he wanted to point out that his son suffered from... I think his son suffers from Asperger or is autistic. My memory is not good. Yeah, well, they're all, so, what, he, what name they put on. I yeah. mean, there's a wide variety of he, behaviors well, that I guess are involved he re, here. Yeah, he, he yeah. restated the point that when you have someone in your life who is diagnosed as, yeah, it's considerably different than just thinking one month. Well, what, yeah, when someone, yeah, it's different. You're right. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I realize I'm on the, the low end of that spectrum. He made an interesting point, which I think indicated that he may not have listened to all the Stone Apes. Yeah. When he said that if you called yourself an academic, would anyone really take you seriously? 
oh, kind of cricket sounds. <laughs> Karen has called himself an academic at least a few times in these recordings. Well, and what I do is I point you to my uh, bibliography on my website. Very good. That's that's the only justification I have for anything. I've read all those books, and they've had some influence on my thinking. Very good, Harry. Very good. Yeah, that's my that's my credentials. <laughs> Well, with that, I'm going to sign out this evening. Hope things improve for you. Um, Talk to you soon. Okay. Good night. Take care.